Hello fellow Whovians, welcome to Hooked, our Doctor Who rewatch review podcast. This is by me, Jordy Steele, and Cultaholic and Triple Trumps, Fraser Porter. What's up, Jordy? Back with another edition of Hooked, a Doctor Who review podcast. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And Fraser, we're opening strong with some Who's Keeping. Who's Keeping, there we go, let's start it. Let's Provided, go. Uh, as always, by our helpful, our helpful Whovian, Nathan Metcalf. He has written it on Twitter. Because you ask, Susan Foreman is the paternal granddaughter of the Doctor, who, according to some, was born just before a long period of sterilization called Pythia's Curse, or Pythia's Curse. Other, oh. other accounts state that Rassilon ordered Susan to be killed due to her not being born like the other Gallifreys born via the loom. Uh, think Superman being the first natural-born child in Krypton rather than via eugenic predestination so he could create his own destiny. Now, this is the, the piece of information that threw me off okay. and blew my mind. Her father, a Time Lord Cardinal, and the Doctor's eldest son of 13 children is portrayed wow. in his only audio appearance by Peter Davidson. Topical for, for last episode. Yeah. Uh, speculation surrounding the woman at the end of time caused some to think that this was Susan's mother. When Russell T. Davis stated that fans may speculate this, the real identity is that of the Doctor's own mother. Thirteen children! Thirteen children. That's, that's a lot of children. That's too many to not talk about, ever. Yeah, because he's a father. The way he's a thirteen kids. The way he sometimes talks about having like children or having a family, you'd think, oh, he has like two children... Maybe three. Yeah. So one, one of maybe one. one of them, ha- yeah, one, and then that one had gr- thirteen children. In my canon, in like in my head canon of like, it's always just he's got a grandchild, but that's it. Nobody else. Mm. Like he's got no one in between. He just had a grandchild. That's it. Do you, do you, adopted. Did you, adopted. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah, that, sorry, I should clarify. He didn't just have a grandchild. Yeah, he adopted it. <laughs> Time lords are weird people. They can just have yeah, a grandchild. Yeah. Um, yeah, but how How do you not talk about how... Are they? Well, they must all be dead. I guess, though, sorry, a grandchild, he wouldn't adopt someone but become their granddad mm-hmm. and be their dad. I mean, yeah. you could adopt them not officially. And you're so old. And you're so old that be- they just call you granddad. Yeah, well, as that we'll go with that. But thirteen children. Thirteen. My God, he is pumping them out. Thirteen reasons. But like, yeah, who did he have them with? If they were, well, River Song. If 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 the the if Susan was the firstborn, uh, not like other Gallifreyans, maybe, maybe maybe it just... was like uh, uh, Jenny, and they just clone them and pump them out. Yeah, that possibly could be it. It's an interesting thing. I'll need to look into it more. Yeah. But thank you, Nathan. Thank you. Thank you, Nathan. So today, Fraser, we are talking about Season 4, Episode 7, The Unicorn and the Wasp. Um, These next few episodes are going to be a bit different than our other episodes because we actually watched watched... these episodes together. Um, Yeah, we watched them in person and we didn't take notes. I wasn't taking notes all the way through. So... I think that that's absolutely fine. I think people know these stories mm-hmm. the next few episodes quite well. So let's just let's just jump straight into it with your poem. So, oh, well, don't have a poem this week. I don't have a poem for the other ones, but I didn't have a poem last week, but I did write you a little poem the other day. Okay. For last week. Right, okay, yeah. So this poem that I call Georgia. That's about Georgia's tenant. And it's a wee sort of tongue twister. Yep. And it goes a little like this. I am the doctor's daughter and the doctor's daughter's mum. The doctor's daughter's daughter is the sister to my sons. It, yeah, that that is all technically correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's a creepy relationship she has with the, the role of the doctor. Mm. Yeah, that's creepy. Yeah. Uh, the Unicorn and the Wasp aired on 17th of May 2008 and it was directed by graham harper who we know has done tons uh somebody's going to be looking into a magnifying glass and it was written by garth roberts who did the shakespearean code and will go on to do 
Planet of the Dead, The Lodger, Closing Time, and The Caretaker. He's done, oh, excuse me, he's done quite a lot. He has done quite a lot. Um, I think this is one of his stronger ones. Probably, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's up, definitely up there as one of his stronger ones. Mm. So the Doctor and Donna arrive uh, on a wee country estate in 1926. Yes, uh, 1926. The, the, a very big year for Agatha Christie. Yes, who we meet very quickly. She's she's at this... This is her estate. No, it's not her estate. It's not her estate, not... but she's invited to it um, by the Lady Edison. Lady Edison. Um, I like the little bit where the Doctor is all like, Oh, it's uh, 1926, and Donna's like, you can tell by the air. And he's all like, yeah. And she's like, or is it the or is car the that's driving car off driving the state? The yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the, the car's driver is Professor Peach, a very mm-hmm. Agatha Christie-named character. Um and and Well, Clued, very Cluedo-named character, not so much uh, Agatha yeah. Christie. Um, um and and uh, other people arrive, such as uh, uh, the local reverend Arnold Golightly, who arrives on his wee bike. He, he arrives on his wee bike, and he he, he does a, he cracks a wee joke about him going to the the library, right? He, to Professor Peach. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Peach, despite everyone being invited to go to a party, uh, Professor Peach is like, I've I've got some research to do. In the library. So he goes to the library. Alone. 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 Mm. Yes. He's discovered something and he... I like the cold open bit with this bit where it's like he's he's reading something. That isn't the cold open, I think. Yeah, it is the cold mm-hmm. open. He's reading something and then he's like, It's you. I won't address who it is. <laughs> I will just play the pronoun. It's you. And then it... You hear a and he gets he's deed he's deed uh, before that uh, Glightly tells Professor Peach uh, that he should try to relax because constantly working will be the death of him <laughs> whoa <laughs> just giving himself away um, the doctor uh, uh, they, 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 they get the, into the party by using uh, psychic paper um, they use psychic paper quite a lot in this episode yeah, I, I like the use of it here, though, especially when he's like, oh, we, we met back at the ambassador's meeting. And she's like, oh, doctor, how could I forget you? It's like, you're talking rubbish. Mm. You're talking a load of crap. You have never met this man in your life, but you've just, oh, of course, <laughs> of Lady course, Edison. Yeah. Uh, um, her her uh, husband is a man in a, a wheelchair. Yes, he's a very old general. He's a much older man mm-hmm. to the Lady Edison. And the doctor sort of says, well, the, the, the title descends through her and not him. So she's, he's basically married up, essentially. Yes. Um, and and she, she uh, tells the doctor that she's being cautious because the unicorn is about, who is a, a, a thief, a master thief. And not he is a, ma- a, ju- yeah, a, a jewel thief, and not an actual unicorn, as Donna or the doctor. Yeah, the doctor thought. The, yeah, there's a, there's a. I like the mystery of this episode. Just set already set up. We've had a murder, mm. and we've got a jewel thief about. Mm-hmm. It's very. It's so Agatha Christie. Yeah, and Donna. Donna. We get Donna doing her wee. She tries to do an accent. Uh, which leads to the classic. No, don't, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Yeah, yeah. And then it's Donna's really good at picking up all these characters because she really sort of picks them all out. Mm-hmm. And it's like she's like, oh, sucks. All the the good ones are playing, are riding the different bus. Yeah, her um with the characters and it's great that they've sort of set up that she has tempt and been a like a receptionist and a, a an assistant loads of places because she is the sort of stereotypically gossipy uh, uh very judgy very chatty uh, chatty judgy, yeah. uh, character um which is is great it's quite funny but yeah she she and, and she picks up when uh 
she picks yeah she picks up a lot of stuff like that and then when agatha, agatha christie arrives mm-hmm. it's her reaction i think is the, is the poem you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes i am um but it's the 10th doctor that uh, he's the doctor his reaction where he's like oh agatha christie you, you know you you fooled me so many times well twice well well once but it was a good it was one. a good one <laughs> <laughs> so good yeah you you they the way they introduce all the characters is very um i said it was reminiscent of the mousetrap uh i've never yes. seen the mousetrap but i've, I've not seen I'd recently seen a film that features a lot of story points of the mousetrap so i knew some of it yes the the see how they is it see how they run see how they run yeah it's now. very very agatha christie influence from what i understand um Maybe to its detriment, from what I've heard, mm-hmm. is that it's it it tries to be Agatha Christie so much it doesn't live up to the Agatha Christie um, hype. Yeah. Um, but I think so far in this episode, it's it's a really good parody mm-hmm. of Agatha Christie. Yeah. But like, and really respectfully as well. The fact that Agatha Christie is in an Agatha Christie murder. Right. Murder. Murder, murder, murder. Change the fucking record. Fucking record. Um. So yeah, they 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 meet all the characters. All the all the chess pieces are putting into place. Um. And then they find out that the uh, Professor Peach is dead. He's dead in the library. Professor Peach has been found dead in the library. That if that's not a, been a murder. murder mystery setup, yeah, I don't know what is. Um. That's a staple of. Agatha Christie and Cluedo. Yeah. Uh, the Doctor uh, finds a newspaper and realises that the date is the 8th of December 1926, the day that Agatha Christie disappears and a few days later shows up on the doorstep of a, 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 another, like, a hotel, I think it yeah, is. Yeah, hotel. Yeah. yeah, so in real life she did disappear. She went missing for 10, 10 days, can't remember a thing about it or doesn't reveal what happened mm. um the episode does take a few liberties with you know the scenario around that yes obviously um like little things which i'll get to in the Hoovia section um but it's it's i like the use of a real world event mm-hmm. in trying to explain explain it like they did with the fires of pompeii a real world event that they tried to explain with aliens yeah um he he says that agatha has just discovered that her husband is having an affair, but being as she is British, uh, uh, they just uh, politely carry on. Yeah, keep calm, carry on. That whole British mentality—you just soldier through it. Mm. Um. So they, the, the, the when, when the, the, the head uh, uh, maid, Miss uh, Chandralak, Chand, Chandra, Chandrakala. Chandrakala. That's, that's it. I think that's it, yes. Uh, she comes in, she's like, there's been a... Professor Peach has been murdered! So they run to the, the library, and the doctor... Um, they they find him, and they realise he's been, he's been hit on the back of the head with something blunt. You'd think obvious, because if it was sharp... There would be a lot of... There would be a of, lot of blood, and also... A lot of blood. There'd be blood spatter. Maybe less head probably less head it's yeah definitely less head there'd be a lot more gore mm-hmm. at least with the bluntness they can just kind of oh it's he's just you can't see the injury yeah they uh plus it's also again a staple of agatha christie of blunt objects yeah it's like it's something in the room the fire poker the or lead the pipe lead pipe or the you know whatever the snooker cue mm. you know it's something something in the room Mm. They uh the they find the his watch broke as it fell, which pinpoints the the exact time of death at uh, four fifteen p.m. Uh, meanwhile, Agatha sort of discreetly takes a piece of paper that she finds on the ground. Uh, but the doctor, of course, notices her. Uh, yeah, in which we get we get the little reveal. It's not right now. I think it's a little bit later, right? Where she's like, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, so you get that thing at the fireplace. But she's like, your back was turned. He was like, "Oh, so you look reflection in the bouquet." He's like, "You are a remarkable man." He was like, "Yep, yeah, that's me." 
Uh, Donna points out to the doctor that the, the murder is very much like the board game Cluedo. Um, others decide, uh, arrive uh, uh, in the library and they, they want to call the police, but the doctor says, no, I am the police. Yeah, he just whaps out that psychic paper again. Chief Inspector Smith of Scotland Yard, a.k.a. the doctor. The doctor. This is the plucky this young girl my... who helps me out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lucky young girl. <laughs> There's no police women in 1926. No, no, it wasn't a thing. It's a great line. It's one of yeah. my favorite David Tennant lines. What one? Plucky. This is the plucky young girl that helps me. Plucky out. young girl. Yeah. It's it good. just yeah. it's just it it cements they are the best duo. Off David Tennant's era for sure. Um, the doctor also finds a, a morphic residue, uh, a product of shape shifting by uh, the doctor. The, would this not mean that the person who shape shifted would be covered in this residue? Covered in goo, yeah, probably covered in the the goo and the residue, unless it only happens at the actual change and it, you know, leaves the body, um, mm. and then when they come turn back into their human form yeah the residue's gone like it it's like it explodes i mean them. we see we do see when there is the transformation we see a lot of sort of mist around so maybe that turns yeah, into the that's possibly it which would explain why they're not covered in the residue um so they go to the sitting room and the doctor uh, interviews everyone all at once which is yeah. not usual probably for a for a police uh, interview. Um, yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. Uh, Donna asks if it's like the Murder on the Orient Express, uh, where everyone's in on it. Spoilers. Uh, but yep. and Agatha overhears it and is like, oh, that's a brilliant idea. Yeah, she's like, that's one of your best. And she's like, but not yet. Not yet. <laughs> um, and then Donna keeps on a running joke with Donna being like, Trademark Donna Noble. Um, <laughs> copyrighted. Yeah. <laughs> so the doctor gives uh, Donna a magnifying glass where we get the the Harper treatment um, and yes. tells her to go uh, look in the rooms upstairs for clues um, while the doctor uh, uh, gets to solve a murder mystery with Agatha Christie. So cool. Yeah. Such a cool concept. Um, so the interviews happen, the, the guests recount their stories about what they were doing around 4.15pm. Um, each is revealed to be hiding something, uh, except for uh, Reverend Golightly, um, who, who says he was, he was just in his room unpacking. Um, and he's a good old minister, man. He's a man of God. Lady Edison says she was making tea for everyone, but she was sneaking a drink of uh, whiskey or, or liquor um yeah. rabina redmond who we haven't actually talked about felicity jones felicity jones is in this episode and of like which is is a surprise because she's quite a big name now yeah um but obviously a lot of british actors if you're either in harry potter or doctor who or you're in both um yeah or or Based on how uh, what the, some of the notes I've got later, Agatha Christie content. Like if you're, you're if you're a British actor, you're either going to be an Agatha Christie Doctor Who or Harry Potter. Uh, Rubina Redmond. She said she was uh, using the toilet, but she she actually was loading a small pistol. Randomly. Yep. Randomly, she's loading a she's loading a gun. She is the unicorn, <gasps> so she's um she's got the weapon. She got gun then. To hold them ransom, if or oh. to hold them at gunpoint, maybe if you know if they're trying to steal it. Not really a master jewel thief then, just master. In case it goes, well, in case it goes south, mm. got to have a got to have the backup. Can't really keep protection. your identity secret. In that case, kill them unless she's not Rubina Redmond. Yeah, yeah. Um, Roger Kerbishley claims to have been uh, on a walk alone but he was actually uh, walking with uh, Davenport one of the one of the servants walking with his one of his boys and one of the boys boy toy 
Um, and Colonel Hugh uh, claims that he was reading military memoirs in uh, the study to cover that he was actually viewing some porn. He was looking at the hanky panky. Mm. Um, Naughty boy. Uh, so we get to, we then cut to uh, Donna uh, going into the room. Um, she she goes around. Well, she actually she finds a, a locked room um, and she she gets it opened. Um, because by by again claiming to be Scotland Yard, uh, and it's it's been abandoned because it was it was a room that was made for Mrs. Edison's child. Uh, yes, a, 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 and it's not been opened in forty years. Mm. It's been undisturbed for forty years. Um, and Donna breaches that to go in and have a look around. Um, I like this little bit where she's like, "Oh, we've still got beige and." Still got base in nineteen twenty. Yeah, and then she's she, like, "I'm, she, I'll let you out." She, she has a wee stroke the, in the middle of it. She, I does, yeah, she, lets, she lets, she opens the curtain. She has a wee with the magnifying She goes glass. over to the curtains. She opens it with the magnifying, and it's, it's huge. It's a massive wasp. It's a giant wasp, <laughs> and it, it bursts through the window, um, and and Donna just manages to get out by shining uh, light on it with the magnifying glass, concentrating yep. the sunlight. Um, I don't know if it's that easy to do. No, it takes a little while. Um, but yeah, she... But suspend disbelief. Sus- it's a giant wasp. <laughs> it's a giant wasp. <laughs> uh, she, she, she delays it a bit, she attacks it, and then she's able to run outside the room, uh, narrowly avoiding the stinger that comes right through. The, uh... really big stinger going through the door yeah. um, and meanwhile the doctor and Agatha Christie are having a conversation and this is the point where Agatha's like oh you noticed me taking the piece of paper how? and he's like oh I saw you in the reflection of the thing on the bookcase and she's like oh you're a remarkable man we get a little flashback as well to a, com- a, a an adventure we've not seen where he's marching through the forest mm-hmm. and she's like oh but he lived centuries ago and he's like I've got a good memory got a really good memory um, uh yeah, so so the the doctor and and Agatha hear the commotion and they go running up to the, the Donna, um, and she tells them there's a, a a giant wasp in there and they're like, oh, it's just a little, just a little wasp, it's a tiny little insect. Little wasp. Uh, and Donna's like, when I say giant, I don't mean big, I mean fluffy, enormous. I felt very Alan Carr there. Yeah, flipping and all miss. He's flipping and all miss. Oh my god! Yeah, he goes in the room and he says it's buzzed off, and the audience laughs. Um, so yeah, they the doctor obviously is 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 oh, of course it's a giant wasp. Uh, Yeah, and and Agatha's like, giant wasps don't exist, and he's like, yeah. So what's it doing here? Yeah, exactly. The mystery grows. Um, so we we then cut to Miss Chandralaka, Chandrakala even, uh, and she's she's in the 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 kitchens with all the other staff, and they're sort of gossiping about what's going on. Yeah, maybe chit chat, yeah. Uh, about who killed uh, Professor Peach. And Mr. Chajakala uh, dismisses it all and tells them to get back to work. Um, although she she then realizes why Mr. Peach or Professor Peach might have been in the library um, and what he might have discovered. So she 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 rushes to to Lady Addison, um, but as she goes outside, something watches from above and pushes a stone gargoyle onto her. Yeah, <laughs> and then she walks around with a thing in her head, <laughs> <And then laughs> just like half the... us. <laughs> Hello, I want some ice cream. Ice cream. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Doctor Agatha, Doctor Agatha, Doctor Agatha, and Donna uh, rush outside to 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 find her dying, uh, not having been instantly crushed, and her insides splattered across the driveway she's yeah she's just lying there and what's the side what's the line she says is it like the poor, the poor little child. child yeah and she 
dies. Yeah. Did absolutely deedificate. Mm. She defecated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all of that hitting your stomach. She probably, probably would. Did. She probably would. Um. Um. They, they, well, they chase it, don't they? They chase it, and the don- the Donna's like, it's, it's a bit ironic because now we're chasing the monster. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah. and they they go upstairs and they're like right show yourself and then everyone comes out their rooms uh brilliant uh, moment yeah so uh, and he's like that's just cheating so once again they all gather in the sitting room um and they're like you gotta solve the murder um and the doctor agatha's like i'm only a writer and the doctor's like the doctor's the best chance of solving the case yeah um and she she runs out uh side uh, and donna follows her and basically gives her the pep talk that you're agatha christie yeah she does the whole you know you're you're more important than you think you are don't give up even if you know times are tough right now you're a legend and she's like you speak as if you know the future sort of thing like (laughs) <laughs> like a lot of characters do when they speak to Donna. Donna gives far too much away and she yeah. acknowledges it. She's like, oh, I've done it again. Did, like... uh, did Martha have that sort of... Because we, ha- we know Rose did with uh, in the Doctor Dances with the uh, with the the girl, the woman. Yeah, uh, she says that... You said like, you were going to win German. the war. Yeah. Um, I don't think Martha ever does anything like that where she reveals sort of the future and... All that. Sort what of historic stuff. characters did she meet apart from Shakespeare? Um, that's about it, right? Shakespeare, and then she had the Daleks in Manhattan, and then Blink. That was. No, she didn't really meet that many historic no. characters. But I'm talking going the chronological order of the episodes. Mm. No, she didn't meet that many historic. Face of Bull. <laughs> The historical face of Boo. Uh, yeah. But yeah, she she sort of lets it... Sl- she's like, oh, maybe your films... Your your books will be made into films one day. Um, and Agatha's like, no, no. My, my books are going to fade out of existence and everyone's going to forget about them. Wink, wink. Yeah, wink, wink. You know what you're talking about. Um, is this the next bit though, right? Mm. This is my... I think the next bit is my favourite bit in the entire episode. So, in which the doctor is like, is he? He's, he's identified the substance on the venom. Is 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 from a vespa form. So before that, when when they're outside, uh, uh, Agatha notices a little box nearby uh, with some mm, yes. uh, crushed flowers on it, and Donna's like, "See, no one else would have noticed that." So they take the 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 box to the doctor. Um, and uh, it's full of uh, thieves' tools, and they suspect that the unicorn is one of the guests. Um, mm. The butler comes in and and gives them drinks, and uh, the donor asks uh, the donor donor asks the donor the donor asks <laughs> the doctor uh, uh, what he'd found about the 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 venom, uh, and he takes out a vial and he explains that the venom comes from a vespa form. Uh, a race of aliens who have hives in the Silfrax galaxy. Or possibly did not, because I bet this is another one that's a missing planet, but um, he's then has a... He gets poisoned. Yeah, so... Which is, so is, I think, one of the best scenes in the entire episode. He, he says uh, 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 something is inhabiting his enzymes, uh, and then suddenly starts convulsing and... and somebody's poisonous drink so they they run to uh the kitchen um agatha has smelt the drink and she deduces that it is uh, uh because of the uh scent of bitter almonds uh she deduces that the poison is cyanide cyanide do you know why agatha christie's so good at all this poison she stuff? giant nose no she was yeah that's what it was i think she was a nurse during wartime um, so worked with a lot of um, medicines and stuff like that. Mm. So yeah, we we then get a a, a a scene that is again very very uh, 
memorable. It, it shows that yeah, and it shows the the comedic elements of these two characters. Which it's, he's all miming out all these little things that he needs. Yeah, he could just say what he wants, but he, to, he can't quite. It's it, it sort of it's similar to I'm trying to think what episode it was, but again with David Tennant, where um something is. He's got radiation or something, and he, he puts it all into his shoe. Do you remember what episode that is? Yes. Um, now, I'm trying to think. I can't remember what it was, but I know the one you're on about, where he's he's having an attack. Yeah. Um, oh, it's... Um, the t- t- it's it's um, the Jadun one. Uh, Smith and Jones. Oh, right. And he's having an attack, and he puts it all on his shoe and throws it in the bin. Yeah. And she's like, you are mental. Mental. And he's like... Uh, so, yeah, so yeah the, when they're in the kitchen, the doctor drinks some ginger beer and then pours it all over himself. Um, and because he is a Time Lord, he can stimulate the inhibited enzymes uh, into reversal and, and cure himself. Um, so he then gets some protein, which is uh, walnuts, and then he, he mimes salt... Uh, yeah. <laughs> the doctor tries to give him uh, a, a bag of salt. <laughs> it's too salty. Yeah, too salty. Oh, it's too salty, then... he says. Uh, so Agatha <laughs> gives him a bottle of anchovies. Um, and finally, he needs a big shock. Um, and and Donna kisses him. You, f- you forgot the best line. We got the shaking. Harvey Wallbanger. Like, Harvey Wallbanger. <laughs> Cocktail. Harvey Wallbanger. <laughs> Harvey Wallbanger. <laughs> Camp Town Races. <laughs> This whole scene is perfect. Like, I, it's one of those ones that I really hope was like improvised as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Like, this, they can have so much fun with this one. Yeah, it's so good. Um, but then we sort of, I think we move on to the dinner time scene. Um, I think here, yeah, they they have a failed attempt to reveal who the wasp is at dinner. Yeah. So so he's like anyone could have put cyanide in his drink. Um. Ah, right. So the doctor uh, gets all the guests into the dining room and they all have some uh, soup. And um, the, the the Father Golightly is like, uh, what's all this about? Uh, so the doctor's like, well, poison. And everyone's shocked and they're like, oh my God. Uh, and and he tells them that the soup has been laced with pepper. Um, <gasps> and uh, he explains that the, the active ingredient in pepper is uh, piperine or piperine. Uh, which is, is pe- yeah, pepperine traditionally used as an insecticide um mm. at that moment there's a, a a flash of lightning uh, a gust of wind blows out all the candles um and you, they begin to hear the buzzing of a wasp and lady edison no, says no it can't be um <laughs> it can't be so so the doctor chases the 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 vest before him around um and uh, when they go back into uh the room uh, with everyone else um roger's dead they find yeah. roger he's gone he's dead um and and also lady edison discovers that her necklace her jewel necklace the firestone mm. has been stolen dun 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 dun, dun. that's the unicorn up to her tricks their tricks, I should say, because we don't know who it is yet. Um, again, it's it's very Agatha Christie tropes so far. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get a very we take time to to get reflective on the era because uh, we we find out that uh, Davenport, who was Roger's uh, lover, um, socially he can't he can't publicly mourn Roger nope. because uh, in nineteen twenties. Homosexuality was was prohibited. Yeah, it's not allowed. So like, it's uh, it's quite sad in that instance. Um, they're not allowed to, not allowed to show that. Yes. Uh, meanwhile, Agatha, uh, uh, or Donna, then asks about the the Firestone, and uh, she she says it. Uh, Lady Edison revealed that it was a priceless jewel, um, that was was brought back from India forty years ago. Mm. I like the little bit with when they use that, and <laughs> I think we, when we were watching it, we both quoted it at the exact same time because it's it's the the forty. Um, I like the this assembling everyone in the sitting room though, mm-hmm. and and again, 
yeah, again, very Agatha Christie, very, uh, like, Poirot always does it, where he assembles everyone at the start, then he assembles everyone at the end after he's figured it out. And it's very cool they're doing it here, and it's very, like, clever, it's very callback to Agatha Christie. I like how he goes, she goes around every single person. Um, but yes. So who do we have left? We have Lady Edison. We have yes. Robina Redmond. Robina Redmond. We have Father the, the Golightly. Father Thingy. Yep. And the husband. The husband in a wheelchair. Yes. Can't be him because he's in a wheelchair. Doctor. Yeah, of course not. Of course it can't be. Mm. Or is he? Uh, so the Doctor and Agatha sort of co-host this um, revelation uh, uh, and the Doctor... Well, the Doctor lets lets Agatha take control, um, and they, he and Donna, sort of just sit back and and watch Agatha, like um, they're they're munching on grapes, like uh, they were I mean, watching a film. Perfect here. She's just watching it play out, and is all about it. So she the motor. So she motor. did it. Oh, she did it. Oh my god. Um, and it plays out really really well. I like with the reveals with the the. She starts. They start off with uh, Rabina Redmond, right? Mm-hmm. No, Lady Edison. They start off with Lady Edison, um, and ask about the. Well, before uh, that, they they quickly sort of expose Rabina as the unicorn. Oh, and she yeah, she the, drops the, the real Rabina Redmond. Didn't never never left London, and then they're like, she's "He's a, a murderer," she's like, and she's like, "No, I ain't no villain." I have just got this thing I want, and I'm a I'm a thief, but I will not. I'm not a murderer. I don't kill people. Um, and then sits back down. Yeah, but she has the firestone, and she she gives it back. She's been ah. she's been found out. Uh, and to which Agatha turns his her her attention to the colonel. Um, I mean, it's even yeah. He just before before she even starts. He just stands up. I've got a confession. I've got a confession. <laughs> uh, but she would leave me if if she knew that I could walk. And then she's like, "I was just going to say you were innocent." I was going to say you were innocent. He's like, "I better sit down then." I think you better have. Yeah, I? <laughs> so good. Plays into the trope so well, and it's like, "Oh, you're just no, you're innocent, mate." Yeah, you're fine. Uh, she then picks up the the firestone and asks Lady Edison to explain. Uh, the Firestone, why she brought it back from India. Um, and she says she was suffering from malaria and she came back to uh, confine herself in her room for six months. Because <gasps> she was preggers yeah. with a little baby. And you can't even, that would be unheard of back then. It would be a bastard. Mm. Um, but uh, So illegitimate son. But Agatha proclaims that she actually came back because she was preggers. Yeah, she was preggers. She got pregnant in um, India. And then, this is kind of where the doctor takes over, right? And then she's like, he's like, you know, you, you, you actually had a relationship with the Vespa form. And she's like, oh, he was the most handsome man I ever met. Um, and we had such a lovely relationship. The way we had, you know, and then he, the, he died in the floods. Mm-hmm. The monsoon season came and he died. She came back, the little piece of him left. Yeah. Um, a young a man babby. named Christopher. Yes, a young man named Christopher. He's the most um, beautiful man I'd ever seen. Husband sat right next to her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the doctor sort of... I like the reveal here, even if it's a bit sort of like, huh? Um, off the, the medallion or the necklace. Mm, the firestone. The firestone transmitting the so yeah the it was so uh we then we then so we find out that obviously she had a child and uh mr uh, miss uh Trandicala took it to an orphanage and then we find out that the how old is uh, uh father Golightly? 40 40 dun 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 and, and he... how old how old would your your baby be mrs edison 40 40 <laughs> Yes. Uh, How old exactly? Forty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, also, um, Father Glightly had experienced uh, a break-in to his church a couple nights ago, 
and he says yeah. the 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 convicts had been apprehended but maybe they hadn't maybe uh, the and it's it's such a dumb scene uh it's it's brilliant but it's lightly gets very angry like, a man of god and taking down two young men i think that's quite how it works <laughs> um and then yeah, he's sort of if he gets the buzz. Like, get out of my way. Get out of the way, father. What are you going to do? And he's all like, I think you better... better... <laughs> I might make it all... What are you doing? Like? And he's all... <laughs> and then he just turns in... What he was? It implies that the writer thinks that wasps buzz because they are making a buzzing sound and not just their wings. Well, yeah. I would have preferred it if Father Galatly had started to flap. You don't know what a Vesper form does. Get out of my church. It does does make a good scene when when he's getting annoyed and uncomfortable in the interrogation. Mm -hmm. And he's starting to buzz. And he's, I don't know, if they're having his... You're going to buzz again. You're going to buzz again. Uh, Um, It's great. I like it. Yes, but um, we find out that as he was turning... As he was turning into the wasp for the first time, uh, Lady Edison was at home reading an Agatha Christie novel. Um, yeah, the murder of Roger Ackroyd. And and she, I think she was asleep uh, with it. Um, and as she was thinking about it, the the firestone she was wearing uh, transmitted her thoughts to uh, uh, Father Golightly, which yeah, a telepathic link. Yeah, which then made him carry out these murders. In 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 such a an Agatha Christie style, I like that concept. I think it's quite cool. I think it's quite cool. As much as it's a bit like, right? Okay, okay. it explains why it's happening around Agatha Christie. Um. So yeah. So so Father Glightly's been caught out, and he uh, he turns into a, a wasp again. Yeah. Yeah. He just goes on the rampage. He uh, threatens them all. Um. And then Agatha, being the hero, uh, takes the the necklace, the Firestone, and and runs. Yeah, she runs and runs and runs and runs to a lake. And then it's Donna, isn't it? Takes the Firestone and throws it into the lake. And the Vespa form follows it into the lake, killing it. <laughs> well, it, it still it first still has hold of Agatha, like via telepathic limp, link, um, and it's killing her while it's drowning. Right. Um, and then sort of it lets Agatha go and then the Doctor makes a point. He's like, oh, it chose to it chose to let her go in its last moments. It chose Ooh. to save someone, uh, which is which is kind of cool. The, the link had kind of broken. I just quite, I think it's quite disturbing the way Donna's like, how'd you kill a wasp? You drown it. What? Oh, she's full on, yeah. <laughs> no! She's like, murder. <laughs> I mean, sure, you can drown a wasp. You can't. That's... that's not the only way to kill a wasp, though. They no, makes her sound way. like she's very good at it and she's done it before. Oh, yeah, she has, yeah. yeah, yeah. Donna, wasp murderer. Um, and then they, they quietly, you know, Agatha falls unconscious. Mm-hmm. And the doctor's like, oh, she won't remember any of this because the telepathic link is broken and it's wiped her memory. Um... And then they drop her off at the Harrogate Hotel, ten days later. Ten days, yeah. Now, which explains the gap. There's one of our brute straps that we love to talk about. Yeah. Does that mean that they made it happen, or did they do it ten days later? Because that's how she—that's where she ended up t- historically. Ten days later. Um, I think they knew that she wound up there ten days later. And it's always, it's just been a, always, a, it's always happened. It's just always, eventually, at one point, you know, if this is a fixed point. Why'd she, if it was a fixed point, she would have been killed? No. Yes. No, if the fixed point was that the doctor always came to save her. Right. So the doctor always took her 10 days later. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If that's the fixed point, mm. then. There's no alternative. It's always happened that yeah. way. So the bootstrap is, why 10 days later? Yeah, exactly. Where did he get the idea for... Who because, thought off the 10 days? Because she appeared 10 days later. Historically. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, and then the they go back to the they TARDIS. go back to the TARDIS. Donna's like, "What about Lady Edison and her husband and the servants?" Uh, and the Doctor again is like, "They're British. They'll politely just carry on and not really talk about it. They'll talk about it because um, yeah. they'll look mental." Uh, the the unicorn escaped back to London, um, and and Donna's like, "What will become of Agatha?" Even though you should know what happens to Agatha if you're such a big fan. Yeah, if she's a big fan of Agatha Christie, then she should really know what happens to Agatha. But she's like, she's like, will she remember this? Will she? Does she know that she's going to be such a big mm. icon of literature? Um, and the Doctor has a cool moment where he pulls out the book from the, the trunk of all his things. Yes, and it's Death in the Clouds, uh, and there's a wasp on the cover, which does play a vital role in that story. All right, do you know in the Death story? In the Clouds. I do know all it right. well. Yeah. Um, and then it's sort of to hint that oh well she did remember little things did play in it a little bit, mm. um, but yeah, death in the clouds I will get into speak about later. Uh, I um, like the little his cool box of trinkets because you've got the the chest emblem Karenites. on the Cyberman, you got the the Carrionites. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's quite. Was the little references there? Um, but that's the episode. That's pretty much the episode. Yeah. So so, uh, the Doctor reveals that uh, on the on the, the the publication page at the front of the book. Uh, to be a reprint from the year five billion, uh, and yep. that Agatha Christie is quite literally the most popular writer of all time. She's so good, man. Like I don't know if you read Agatha Christie no. stuff, but I, I have in the past, and I often enjoy reading Agatha Christie likes. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucy Foley is the most recent one I've been reading, but Agatha Christie is just the best at writing. Have you mysteries. read or considered reading Richard Osman's books? I, yeah, I really want to read the the third. Is it Thursday Murder Club or something, something like, like that? that um, yeah, yeah, I'm, they're on my list to get to once I finish some Game of Thrones. Yeah. I just um, like the 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 way that Agatha names her books. I think it creates quite a good like parody. You know, murder yeah, for breakfast. Yeah. Murder for breakfast. I mean, there's a lot of the, you know, murder on the Orient Express, Death in the Nile, Evil Under the Sun. Uh, death in the clouds which was originally death in the air mm. um murder of roger Ackroyd, which is a, a more hidden uh, you know obscure one i guess yeah. um but there's so many there's so many but that brings us nicely on to some hoovia for unicorn and the wasp now we have a lot here to get through so i'll try and go through it fast um because of agatha christie appearing as a central character in the story references are made throughout to dialogues uh, throughout the dialogue to her work, sorry. Donna and others drop the names of several Agatha Christie's work. Uh, Why didn't they ask the Evans, Murder on the Orient Express, NRM, Nemesis, Cards on the Table, Cat Among the Pigeons, Dead Man's Folly, They Do It With the Mirrors, Appointment with Death, Sparkling Cyanide, also known as Death Remembered, Endless Night, Crooked House, and Murder in the Vicarage, which is what the reference is with the best before killing the people in the, in the, in the church. Mm. Um... Also, the book that Lady Edison reads in a flashback is another Agatha Christie work, Murder of Roger Ackroyd. Um, Donna mentions that meeting Agatha Christie during a murder mystery would be as preposterous as meeting Christopher, Chris, eh, sorry, Charles Dickens surrounded by ghosts at Christmas, which obviously the Doctor did in The Unquiet Dead, yeah. when he looks very sort of like, well, you know. Um, some of the characters resemble popular characters from the murder mystery game Cluedo and Clue. Clemency Edison resembles Mrs. Peacock. Rabina Redman resembles Miss Scarlet. Colonel Hugh Crushby resembles Colonel Mustard. Uh, Professor Professor Gerald Peach resembles Professor Plum. Um, and you know they've they've got so many in there that that are from Clue and Cluedo. Mm. Um, Agatha Christie's real life grandson Matthew Pritchard sat in on the script readings and rehearsals of this episode because they wanted to have a sort of like true to life of Agatha Christie and what she was actually like. Uh, the Wasp was inspired by the cover of the the cover illustration for the book Death in the Clouds, which has depicted a, a plane being menaced by, in perspective, appears to be a giant wasp, when actually it's just a wasp. Now, I have not read Death in the Clouds, but from what my understanding is, they are on a plane, someone dies, mm. like one of the pilots die, but there's they're not sure how, and I'm sure it's a wasp. 
It's one that I think is, is in, it's like, a wasp gets into the And he has cabin. like a, a... Oh my god, the, I've forgotten the word. Well, Poirot is, is accused of being the murderer. They think he did it. Oh. And he's trying to prove his innocence. And it's a wasp. So that's why there's a wasp in this. Um, little behind the scenes fact. Anchovies that the doctor pours down his throat in the kitchen were actually mushrooms. Um, and the casting of... Fenila Woolgar, who plays Agatha Christie, uh, has she actually starred in two episodes of Agatha Christie's Poirot, um, The Lord Edgware Dies in 2000, and Halloween Party in 2010. Um, initially, Russell T. Davis and Gareth Roberts envisioned the setting of the story to be mid-60s, which depicted an early, early elderly Agatha Christie who could be portrayed in the manner of Miss Marple. However, they soon came to realise that the relatively modern setting would not convey the desired flavour of a classic Christie novel. Um, the role of Lady Edison was once offered to a very famous actress. Any guesses who it might have been? A very who might famous have been the role? Judy Dench. Very, very... No, but you're on the right lines. In, in what? In Doctor Who? British... Very... Lady Edison was offered to the role... To a famous British actress. A famous British actress. Um, I'm going to say... Suddenly I've forgotten all the names of the, the people. Uh, uh, Helen Mirren? It is Helen Mirren. Yes. Helen Mirren was offered the role of Lady Edison. Um, but obviously... When I want to say Zoe David... Wanamaker. She looks like Zoe Wanamaker, mm. right? Um, the role of Lady... Uh, sorry, David Tennant said that he felt kind of silly filming the car chase, which we actually skipped over, but that's how they caught up with Agatha and why the, the car arrives by yeah. the lake and stuff. Um, it was meant to be a high-speed chase, and it's conveyed that way. However, the vintage cars that they use could only hit a top speed of about 30 miles per hour. <laughs> In real life, they were actually driving at about 22 to 24 miles per hour. You can turn hour. at 30. Yeah, like, it's uh, it wasn't quite a high speed, but they had to act, obviously. Uh, the flashback to the Doctor with Bone Arrows is similar to his appearance at the end of the episode Blink and was somewhat, somewhat intended to be an explanation of where he was coming from in that scene. Mm. Um, so it links up and links back around to Blink. Right. Uh, Felicity, Felicity Kendall, who plays Lady Edison, not Zoe Wanamaker, as much as they look alike, yeah. is best known for her role on the British murder TV show, Rosemary and Time, about two garden designers who solve crimes at the same time. It's one of my favourite shows growing up, oh, Rosemary and Time. It's great. I love a murder Of mystery. course it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sandy MacDonald, the father of David Tennant, stars as a footman in this episode, uh, one of the guys outside the, uh, the, the building at the start when mm. they arrive. Uh, he was apparently very relieved that he didn't have any lines to learn. Um, <laughs> but he was very honoured to be offered a spot in the episode. Um, originally, the Doctor was meant to have rammed the vest before him at the end into the lake um, the, with the car that Donna had commandeered. Uh, but David Tennant objected because he was concerned that the ending would portray the Doctor as a murderer. Oh, so that's so not how you kill wasps. You you have to drown them. Just, well, he would have rammed it into the lake. So he would have... Mm ran it into the lake and then drowned it stuff in there and drowned it yeah uh, <laughs> shoved it down but that is all the hoovia i have for you i just want to say just a wee correction yeah. uh for anyone misinterprets it's the intent hey uh, please don't turn at going at 30 miles per hour uh, <laughs> yeah, i was exaggerating please go at 20 miles per hour yep you don't want to lose your license just after getting it. But yeah. yeah, let's jump into the next section. That leads us to the Satan. This is going on a while. It's the Satan's Pit. Uh, it's the Hall of Flame, Fraser. It's where we send concepts down to the depths of hell to be shunned by society forever. What have you got for me today? Right. What I've got for you today is, I think I've, I've said similarly about people being noisy in the street. Okay. But this time, I'm being I'm talking about people being noisy in the corridors of my building. Okay. I think I've got new neighbours. Uh. And this morning, they were outside shouting and having a conversation at half six. Now, I normally wouldn't be able to hear people in the corridor, but they were that flipping loud right. that I could hear them at half six. And they were, they were I don't even know what they were talking about. Um, but they were just shouting and then getting home. Like, I got home half five, mm. roughly. No, sorry, quarter to six, about quarter to six. 
And I couldn't walk through my corridor because there was a, a mass of people just standing having a conversation outside in front of the doors. Mm. I'm like, I'm trying to get home. Can you? I don't want to be social. Pee off. Yeah, leave me alone. Um, so that's my complaint this week is people being noisy in the corridors. Okay. Off the building. Cool. What have you got? Uh, to 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 relate it to this episode. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put the concept that Agatha Christie is the greatest, most popular writer of all time. Right. Okay. Hold on. Right. Right. <laughs> Who would you say is bigger? Apart from maybe Tolkien. Apart from Tolkien? That's the... Th- well, when you're saying bigger, are you meaning... Because, like, already in present day, in modern times, she is not the most popular writer. Let's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google this. Who's the I best? would say, probably, most popular writers of all time. I would love an episode where the Doctor interacts with Stephen King. Right, I and have... and and we go on a Stephen King style adventure and on Doctor Who, but you, you like, could I've also little... do to 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 relate it to sci-fi, Jules Verne, yeah, Jules Verne, George Orwell, yep. Um, I think a lot of people would probably say Ernest Hemingway is maybe one of the big, greatest writer of all time. Okay, Doctor Zeus, yeah, yeah. Doctor Zeus, um... uh, Roald Dahl. Yeah, yeah, I, would, I could say that. Yeah. I, I'm not a big Roald Francesca fan. Simon. No, but I, 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 I wouldn't say Agatha Christie. Call me crazy. Wouldn't say. Okay, Agatha so how Christie. how are we how are we defining um most popular? Well, she's are we, not are most we talking best selling? Because that would assume that would relate to being most popular. They've got the most books. Sold. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Okay, number one, William Shakespeare. I think we can. Okay. I think is we he? Can... He's a writer, but is he an yeah. author? What's he authored? What books has he done? I mean, he's that's... mostly done plays and poetry, but he's done books mm-hmm. and poetry. But that's the number one selling author okay. of all time. Number two, or sorry, William Shakespeare had four billion sales. Okay. Estimated. Number two. Agatha Christie <gasps> with four billion sales. <laughs> She's been around longer. She had, she's had 85 books published. Mm-hmm. Coming up after that is Barbara Cartland uh, with 723 books and only 750 million sales. <laughs> like, <laughs> Agatha Christie is significant. Um, would you? Who would you say after that is your next big, the next, next most popular? Big. I would have thought J.R.R. Tolkien would have been top three at least. Okay, I'm going to find Tolkien. Right, Tolkien. Not even top 10, Jesus Christ. No, he's way out. He's got 250 million sales, but I've... Let me what see. number is Let he? Me... I've not got numbers here. 1, 2, All 3, right. 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, oh 15, God. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38. 38th on the best-selling authors list of all Where time. Where the That's hell still is an C.S. Number. Lewis? Is he above or below? Uh, lower. Good. What about yeah, Robert E. Howard? Uh, not appeared yet. Uh, would you like to know the top top few? G- give me top 10. Okay, so Shakespeare, Agatha Christie, Barbara Cartland, Danielle Steele, Harold Robbins, George Simeon, Enid Blyton, okay. Sidney Sheldon, uh, J.K. Rowling, Jeez. Gilbert Patton, Dr. Zeus. So there's quite a few there. Does it say what they've written? We're, uh, we're going examples. on a tangent, but I, I want examples. to know examples. I mean, Agatha Christie, whodunits, Marple, Poirot, mm-hmm. uh, Barbara Cartland, known for romance novels. No examples here, but romance. They've got 723 books. Um... I'll see when they they were alive. Oh, until two thousand, so that's the twentieth century. Um, some of them are are Belgian, some French. Um, mm. Enid Blyton, Famous Five, Secret Seven, Naughty, um, Naughty, that is Naughty. Uh, you know, 
J.K. Rowling, Harry Potter, Fantastic Beasts. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Never heard of it. Um, R.L. Stein, he's quite high up. He's higher than Tolkien. All right. 400 million. That's still, yeah, Fear Street, that's still impressive. But yeah, when when he says that she's the best-selling author of all time, she does, he doesn't say that. He just says most popular. I think, I think there's an argument there. Just because name another author that was around at the time of Agatha Christie. Ina Blyton. Mm. Ina Blyton was Tolkien. probably just copying. Uh, Tolkien. Uh, Tolkien was around then. Tolkien right? was been around, yeah. C.S. Lewis. He was underappreciated at his time. Who Tolkien? Yeah. 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 But, think, is there um, any other artists? Yeah. Roldal. Roldal. I can't yeah. believe Roldal wasn't in that top 10. He's above Tolkien. Bloody book Wait. readers. Bunch of 250 idiots. million. To be fair, a lot of these are, when I'm saying like, oh, they're that number, mm. a lot of them are on the same number. Right. Of like 250 million. Right. Estimated. So there you go. Right. That, that, there you go. That's, that's the Satan's Pit. Jesus Christ. Uh, Fraser, what did you think of the unicorn and the wasp? I really like this one. I think it does exactly like the Agatha Christie tropes, you know, spot on. I think the character dynamics are great. It's fun. I think when they're approaching a topic like this, it could have gone really, could have gone dark with it because it's a murder. Mm. And there's lots of murders in this. And Agatha Christie stuff isn't very lighthearted usually. There is some quips and some jokes in there and stuff. And mm. Especially if it's marple or poirot they make little comments but i think this does it perfectly i think the portrayal of agatha christie is great i think the doctor plays the poirot role very well donna shines in this episode as actually figuring stuff out and not just being a companion actually being something that drives force the episode yeah um i liked the the actual murder mystery of it less or more than the the alien aspect Mm-hmm. Um, because it's Doctor Who, obviously there's going to be an alien, but I I don't I I don't like the wasp overall. Right. In the context of the episode, I think it's really clever how they tied it into the Death in the Clouds book, mm-hmm. and it works in the episode. But I would much rather they have done something human. Or it turns into a train. Yes, a train. Um, something that jumps to my head is the old woman from Smith and Jones. I think that would have been a really cool villain to have in this. Because mm. um, it, she literally she, would be something. I can't for remember him. the the name. Yeah, something for her, yeah. She would have been cool to have in this episode instead of the 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 wasp. But I like Plasmavore overall. Plasmavore that would have been cool. Um, but yeah, I I think this is a very good episode. I'm gonna rate quite quite highly i think i think probably an eight for me i just okay. love the agatha christie stuff really like all the callbacks and stuff you know it's it's spot on mm-hmm. i i i agree i i think i'm going to give it maybe a 7.5 i do think it's one of the better episodes that showcase the dynamic between the doctor and donna um not really on an emotional level but just on uh and it's it's probably a better example of the dynamic between David Tennant and and uh, Catherine Tate. Um, it's one of the first episodes in a while that Donna has not cried. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I just I, it's 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 not one of my favorite stories, but it is a very well done story. It's a very well yeah, done it's, episode. It's, it's um, done really really well. The the wasp doesn't look terrible. Yeah, the CG is good on it actually, and you don't really see too much of it as well. It's mm-hmm. like they keep the mystery, so you don't they don't have to pay yeah. a massive CGI budget on it. Um, and they do they do good. sort of set it up. So they set up everything. They set up the Firestone and the unicorn coming for the yeah. Firestone, um, and all the murders and everything. And it's not just there's a bunch of murders. Oh, and one of them is a wasp. Yeah, yeah. Randomly it's, at the end, it, it's done well. Yeah, it's done really, really well. Uh, and yeah, again, I like how it, how they how they do manage to. I always thought that Death in the Clouds. I never thought it was real, an actual, an actual one. Yeah. Um, but I do like that that that's how they tied it in, and, and it makes sense. And that's obviously what inspired it, which is quite fun. 
Um, yeah, bootstrap. So yeah, I'm giving it seven point five. That's a respectable score. I think it's very well deserved. Um, one of the better episodes, as we said right at the start of this episode. We're on a run of good episodes mm-hmm. coming up. Really good run. Like I think, yeah, like four episodes of like top tier yeah. Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is it four? Could it be five? What's after midnight? Uh, I think it's Journey's End. Oh. Like the two parters. No, it's Turn Left. It's a Turn Left. <gasps> yeah. Again, another really good episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what did you think of the unicorn in uh, the unicorn in the library? The unicorn of. And the wasp, Unicorn Jordan. and the wasp. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, you can tell us on Twitter, at RealJordySteel, or at... The Fraser Porter. Or at Doctor Who Pod. You can also subscribe to the podcast to know when we upload. And uh, please give us five stars and let us know how we did in the review section. Um, if you would like to submit a concept for the Satan's Pit, you can do that using uh, uh, the hashtag, the Satan's Pit. The Satan's Pit. Um, easy thank you very much for listening next time silence in the library silence in the library one of the best episodes of all time yes spoilers gonna rate it high I hope you have a lovely weekend Uh, and as always please remember stay Stay hooked. hooked